G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, as you know, we often will take some time to talk about tours to Israel. And for a lot of people, visiting Israel, or the Holy Land, as many people refer to Israel, it's a goal of a lifetime to actually be there, seeing the sights described in the pages of the Bible, walking the streets that Jesus walked, seeing those sights that Jesus saw. Well, one of the nation's outstanding Bible colleges has been taking tours to Israel. Uh, with a view to uncovering and discovering deeper understanding and to understand some of the deeper things, perhaps we need to have some examination of what it takes for a biblical archaeologist to have a look at some of these places and these sites that you can read about in the Bible. Dr. Brendan Roach is the principal of Harvest Bible College And he's been taking people to Israel for some years and oftentimes people who are studying at higher levels of education, bachelor's level, even master's level of biblical studies. Well, Brendan Roach is an avid biblical historian and archaeologist who loves visiting archaeological digs in Jerusalem. And he's joining us now to talk through some issues about the value of this sort of thing. Hello, Brendan Roach. Welcome along to 2020. Hi, Neil. Thank you very much for having me on your show. Well, Brendan, you've been travelling to Israel for many years. In fact, as I understand it, you did some master's level coursework in archaeology at the Hebrew University in Jerusalem. You must have had some real insight with all sorts of great people around you discussing some of these issues of archaeology in Israel. Yeah, I was very fortunate to be able to study at Hebrew University in the archaeology department, which is right there on the Mount of Olives, with uh, the world's leading archaeologist in the summer of 1999. I was there studying for three months, which was an amazing experience. Well, one of the things you love to do, particularly in your role there as the principal at Harvest Bible College, is you're raising up the next generation of people who lead churches, pastors, people who are going to be an input into the lives of those who are following them by way of this level of discipleship. What sort of difference does it make in the life of pastors to have a deeper understanding of these sorts of issues, biblical archaeology and knowing about things on the ground in places like Israel? I think it's uh, phenomenally important for for pastors and, and leaders and just those people who are avid studiers of the Word of God to make a pilgrimage once in their life to Israel, Jerusalem, have a look around the Holy Land and see the actual sites for themselves. When you're actually there on the ground, you can start to understand what the Bible is saying. For the three months that I was in the summer school of Hebrew University, I did not see one cloud in the sky for my whole three months there. Now that, for a Melbourne boy, freaked me out a little bit. And I asked one of the locals, I said, when is it going to rain? And he said, oh, it won't rain for another two or three months. So suddenly even a simple thing like that starts to give great insight to the story of Elijah. 
and the cloud rising up out of the sea. So every part of the land, the sites, uh, the topography, the climate, everything helps you in an understanding of the Bible. So it is the case that if you've been to Israel and you've experienced those things, you've been immersed in what it is to be in the Holy Land, it enlarges your understanding when you begin to read some of these biblical stories and understand the depth and the truth that comes from those. Yeah, I, I, I describe it now as turning the Bible from black and white print into colour. And it's sort of like that. It adds in the, you literally, as you're reading the Bible later after your return from the trip, you constantly visualize yourself at the site, imagining what's going on, placing yourself in, in the context. So it really helps enormously to understand the whole context and what's happening in the Bible. Is it fair enough to say that when you go and you're studying archaeology or you're interested in archaeological digs in Israel, that there certainly is no lack of those and there's still plenty of archaeological digs that have not even been uncovered yet? Perhaps people know they're there, but they just haven't been able... The manpower, the time, uh, hasn't been there to actually uncover all of the richness which is under the earth. Yeah, I mean, it's just unlimited literally the amount of digs that could actually be going on and occurring uh, just to slip a little bit outside the holy land for a minute the, the biblical city of colossae has not been excavated at all in greece because there's just no uh, resources or funds to be able to do that let alone when we move into jerusalem the most excavated city in the whole world there is still so much that can't be excavated for, for political reasons, for financial reasons. And you, we constantly go to sites that are partially excavated. Now, that's also the role of the archaeologists on those sites to leave something for the next generation. There's so much more to learn with new technologies that are coming through in 5, 10, 15, 20 years when people will be able to discover things that we can't discover now. So part of it is actually leaving it for future generations so that we can discover more about what the lifestyle. I'll give you an example now that are actually, in the last three, four years, they're actually able to find seeds, ancient seeds. Now, that doesn't sound like much to most of us, but they've actually been able to take those seeds and regerminate previously extinct biblical plants. It also tells us about the diet, what they were eating. So who knows what's going to be discovered in future generations? So there's an enormous amount that has been excavated and 10 times as much that's still waiting to be excavated. Brendan, as a Christian, when you go into sites uh, where there is uh, biblical archaeology, these digs, uh, you're going in there and there is a certain worldview you take with you, an understanding of the Bible. When you go to those, no doubt you're saying, I'm here to examine this evidence to see that it confirms the things that I read about in the Bible, the things that I believe. Are there others who go to the same dig and they are trying to disprove the Bible or they're trying to prove their own worldview understanding of things that might have happened in these ancient times? What is that value of, of taking with you the, uh, the understanding you have within yourself to prove those things true? Yeah, I think it's uh, important to, to recognise and appreciate that archaeology is predominantly a, a secular field of education 
and people come from various different backgrounds and and so therefore there's various different views. One one case in point which is up for discussion at the moment is about the walls of Jericho. All archaeologists agree that there were walls there. All archaeologists agree that the walls fell as described in the Bible, that there was a collapse of the walls, but archaeologists disagree on the date. Kathleen Kenyon, who's a famous archaeologist from last century, she says the walls fell 100 years before the Hebrews entered the nation of Israel. A recent archaeologist has re-established the date from the biblical period uh, and from the actual events described in the book of Joshua. So it's, it is important uh, to give us a greater understanding. And as, again, the technology and the information develops and as the field of archaeology develops, what we're finding more often than not is it's confirming the Word of God. But there'll always be pe- people who have an academic view, an opinion that they want to sometimes just to get notoriety for, and that they will come out with what is an anti-biblical view. So when we go to an archaeological site, we, it's very important the lenses that we look through it with. But more important than proving the Bible, it gives us an understanding of the Bible. The Bible can defend itself. The Bible does not need to be proved but it's great when you can go to a site and you can find evidence and descriptions of what happened within the Bible. And the longer archaeology goes, the more it is actually proving the historical accuracy of the Bible. We're talking with biblical historian and archaeologist, the principal of the Harvest Bible College. Dr. Brendan Roach is our guest. Brendan, stay with us. We'll continue our conversation in just a short while. We're taking some time to talk about biblical archaeology and you might be just amazed as to how interesting a conversation can be when you start talking about the Bible and archaeology. Our special guest is the principal, also the president of Harvest Bible College. Dr. Brendan Roach is with us. Brendan, in that last segment, we started talking about the fact that people bring a different idea to a a site, a dig, uh, where there is archaeology being uncovered and people are proving this or proving that the fact that someone comes up with slightly different ideas to what you might have is that good or is it bad there's there's an interesting phrase in archaeology which is the absence of evidence is not evidence of absence and some of the some of the critics of the Bible or people who are just trying to understand the Bible will quite often say something along the lines of, we have no evidence for this outside of the Bible. An interesting case in point is Pontius Pilate. Up until uh, 20 years ago, there was no evidence of Pontius Pilate's existence, whatever, in Roman historical documents, inscriptions, anything. And then there was found an inscription down at Caesarea Philippi mentioning Pontius Pilate. So one of the things that we have to be careful of, just because someone says, oh, Jesus isn't mentioned outside the Bible, even on my last trip I was having a discussion with an archaeologist, the people were saying that David didn't even, even exist. And so there's quite strange things that go on by people saying, oh, if it's not somewhere outside the Bible it can't possibly be true. But absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. In other words, 
just because we don't find something in an archaeological site doesn't mean it never existed. It just means it's no longer there. Or I guess if you wait a little longer, evidence will be discovered. Is that another way to look at it? Yeah, and, and I think quite often evidence could be in lots of, lots of different ways. I think probably for me also a cautionary point that we as believers can sometimes be susceptible to people who want to take advantage of our deep desire to find evidence for the Bible. We've, we've seen this happen a few times with supposed discoveries of Noah's Ark. Um, now, we have to be very careful not to allow our passion for the Word of God to be taken advantage by uh, corrupt and inappropriate people. Whereas if we look at the evidence that's provided in archaeology, we'll be able to examine that and be able to find the support for the Bible that we need without making up things and corrupting our character and our nature and the testimony of the Word of God. Brendan, is the Bible itself evidence? Because there's archaeology that's uncovered those manuscripts that have formed our Bible. Do you think of the Bible as evidence that is confirmed by other evidence? Absolutely. I think we have to understand one of the great things that we go and see on my trips is uh, Qumran, where they found the Dead Sea Scrolls, and we go to the shrine of the book at the Israel Museum that houses the Dead Sea Scrolls. And the Dead Sea Scrolls is great evidence of the consistency and the integrity of the Word of God. Now, if we were studying any other field, just say we were studying first century Roman history, we would find a fraction a minute fraction of the information that we have compared to the Bible in the same period of history, yet everybody treats that information as fact. So what we see in the Bible is it will give us important historical, theological, and other information, and it really determines how we view Scripture. If we view Scripture as poetry, then it means nothing, or just a group of stories. But if we view Scripture as the inspired Word of God, then what we do is we have the evidence for God speaking to humankind in a way that's very unique throughout history. And Brendan, when archaeologists are uncovering all sorts of things, and whether it's pottery or whether it's uh, other day-to-day evidence of people's lives, how does that speak into the value of the truth of the Bible? Because I guess it's it's confirming the way people lived day-to-day. Does that shed light on the way that, you know, when Jesus told parables, uh, this is what he intended? How does it all work uh, with archaeology and its affirmation of the ability to understand uh, things like parables? Yeah, I, well, to use a parable, for, for example, there's a... There's some archaeological sites halfway between um, Jerusalem and Jericho on a very common ancient road where the modern road runs along the side of and over the top of sometimes, which is the setting for the parable of the Good Samaritan. And we can, we can go to that site and we can see what's actually being talked about and discussed. We can. On my last trip, I went to the edge of the valley of the shadow of death that people would have to walk through. This was an incredibly deep, narrow valley 
that the people would walk up and you're sort of standing over the top of it, looking down hundreds of metres, going, gee, you'd be very vulnerable in that situation. And so it puts a context, it puts an understanding to the teachings that Jesus is talking about and, and giving here. You've got this halfway point. In the middle is this point of safety and security called the inn, which is protected by Roman guards and Roman soldiers. But along the way, you are a very vulnerable position. You might have been a pilgrim traveling for three months from the outer edges of Greece and Turkey to come to Jerusalem. And you had to have the money and the finances with you to get there and get back. So very susceptible for robbers. And that gives us the foundation for Jesus' teaching of the Good Samaritan. So simple understanding of how far you can walk in a day, the terrain, what's being spoke about. We read uh, the psalm that talks about the valley of the shadow of death, and it was just amazing to be reading it and seeing it and go, how great is God's protection? And there was literally a shadow across the whole valley when we were there reading it. It was just amazing. Brendan, while we're talking about the value of visiting the Holy Land, visiting Israel, and even getting a deeper understanding of this level of archaeology, you've said it's good for people to do a pilgrimage to Israel, but that's ordinary people in church life. How much more important might it be for people who are leading churches, people who are preaching and teaching from the Bible on a weekly basis, how important is it for those leaders to actually immerse themselves in the culture that is in there in the Holy Land and, uh, and to plan some sort of a journey to Israel? Look, there's, there's enormous opportunities of, of people leading tours and, and I think as well as being able to go, I think it's really important to have a, a really good guide uh, to assist you or somebody who has some really good knowledge on the ground as to as to what's going on. And that then helps as you go to to each one of the each one of the sites. We go to the Pool of Bethesda and we, we can discuss there the healing of the lame man and why was this guy sitting by the path and we see the path and we see how far the pool was away. There was no way known he was going to get to the pool. So for a preacher to be able to go, okay, this guy really isn't anywhere near the pool. He's 50 to 100 metres away from the pool. He's, he has no intention of seeking healing. He's, he's actually just begging with a good story on the side of the road. So all of that detail helps the preacher help the congregation understand. So every preacher who invests that time and energy and effort and teaches is then able to transfer that information across to his congregation and then help the whole congregation colour the Bible for them and get a deeper insight as to what's actually going on. Well, the way you describe it, just absolutely fabulous. And I want to point our listeners to the website at Harvest Bible College. It's harvest.edu.au. Uh, with some great courses and, of course, backed by the sort of expert tuition that comes with having had that experience and understanding even archaeology in the Holy Land. It's harvest.edu.au. And uh, as I understand it, uh, Brendan, uh, you're interested in talking to people who are interested in leadership and uh, training for ministry and also even uh, to taking those people uh, into the Holy Land themselves. Uh, any plans for uh, for another tour sometime soon? 
Uh, I'm planning to lead a a specific tour for pastors next year. And uh, ideally, we'd like it to be a pastoral couple that that can actually come along, a husband and a wife, together, spend some time with some other senior leaders and pastors and be able to, to network and and just be able to immerse themselves into the, the activity and the time in the, in the Bible. But I've just returned from a trip and we recorded 50 lectures on site from all around the Holy Land. And those are going to be made officially available next year as one of our units in either our degree, postgraduate diploma or master's degree course. So people, if they can't come, can't afford, they can certainly be able to log on and register for that unit and be able to see all the places and learn about all the things from an archaeological perspective and and add that depth to their own learning and particularly those people who are passionate about the Word of God. I think they'll love the experience. Well, Dr. Brendan Roach, our guest, he is the principal and president of Harvest Bible College. Sometimes you'll hear the Harvest Bible College referred to as the Harvest Ministry Training Centre. Well, you can get a hold of Harvest when you go online at harvest.edu.au. Brendan Roach, great talking to you. Let's do this again sometime soon. Thanks for being with us on 2020. Thanks, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.